Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. What's up? What's up? What's up? How are you doing today? I'm a little tired. I had a little morning excursion. Had to get back out in that morning traffic, which I do not miss at all. Thank God for remote work. That's all I can say. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm good. I'm here. We on the mic. We ready to go. How about you? Same, same. A lot has happened in the last week, but I am blessed and highly favored. And I thank God for, um, you know, just keeping us, you know, busy, 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 <laughs> but all is well. Thank you for asking. All right. So 25, 25, 25. A lot has happened in the world, but I want to talk about a couple of things before we get into our quick headlines and hot topics. First, apparently our favorite streamer turned 25 years old the other day. Netflix. Damn. Exactly, right? So let's think about this, okay? 25 years ago. Damn. Really? Yes. How has Netflix been around that long? And the evolution is quite impressive. And I'm looking at, uh, this is Ad Week. They're saying Netflix celebrates uh, the fans on 25th birthday. You, They went from rent DVD rentals, because what's a DVD now, right? Mm-hmm. To being one of the biggest in streaming and honestly we're seeing a little bit of the downfall or the shaking out of that particular environment but 25 years that's pretty impressive that seems unimaginable to me because it just seems like Netflix has been such a disruptor to you know the industry that it doesn't seem like it's possibly been that long that it's been around but I definitely remember those red envelopes I definitely remember those days. Same. When their catalog of streaming was so limited. Yes. New releases, you had to do the DVD option, but it don't seem that long. Remember the success of their first series, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Right. So The OGs. The OGs. So I think it's worth highlighting. Also 25 years ago... The world lost Princess Diana mm. at the now, young age of 36 years old. Now that feels accurate, right? That feels like it was 25 years ago. Maybe because we see the iterations of what has happened thereafter and she has children that we can look to as they age, you know? Yes. And their yes. own families. Absolutely. But I thought it was worth mentioning because you and I both love Princess Di. I mean... She, yeah, I think, honestly, she's one of the first famous people I think I ever cried for, like after hearing news like this. I can't really recall a time before because I was 
yeah, I was like 10 years old when she passed away. And see, so, I didn't get obsessed with it until I became an adult and I got like more into the the story behind everything. I remember how big of a deal it was just because of her stature. Yeah. And it wasn't it didn't it, it didn't hit me until I got older, I guess, in terms well, of what it meant. For for me and my family, my mom always a royal watcher. We watched her go on the continent hugging children and walking through minefields and her interactions with Mother Teresa. Like she was a major impact um, for her philanthropic work. And that's how we um, knew her growing up. And so, and it was a tragic accident also, which yeah. is very. I mean, I remember um, watching the unnerving. news coverage. It just didn't, you know, I didn't feel it yet. Yeah. I didn't feel it as a kid. I get that. And um, the other time I got it, and this is why Harry will forever have a special part of my my soul, <laughs> is watching him walk behind his mother casket. And there was mm-hmm. a letter that said mummy on the on the floor arrangement. That'll Tragic. stick to you. Tragic. And on this 25 tip, Leo's latest girlfriend is about to turn 25. And <laughs> oh my goodness Ashley on Twitter currently there is a graph of Leo's relationship up since Giselle and the median age of his girlfriends is nowhere near 25 is actually around 21 22 years old as soon as they turn 25 it's like thank you next to quote the great Ariana Grande there was just a video that I saw of some guy talking about he's in his mid-30s, essentially, but he only likes to date women between the ages of 21 and 25. I saw that mess. Yeah. And I was like, Leo, is that your, is that your doppelganger? Like, is this the reason? Because <laughs> what did he say? They're, they're moldable and they're you know they give you grace and all this and i'm just like you know is this the so they don't put up with their bullshit got it oh they yeah they do right because they're they're still at that yeah correct and they're still at the age where it's like oh okay you're just gonna damage them for the future when they get older if that's the case because you're just gonna put them through hell essentially because you expect them to put up with your mess but i digress i don't know if maybe leo's still on his George Clooney timeline but it's definitely been fascinating to watch over the years I was convinced that his playboy antics was going to cost him an Oscar but luckily being thrown around in the cold by a bear allowed him to finally yeah and see he's a fantastic actor so I didn't appreciate that I felt like it was discrimination against him because he's pretty you know, that kept him, in my opinion, from winning that Oscar But he came so off long. as unserious because he can't seem to see anybody. Are we really going to judge people's personal lives against their I, accomplishments? I do believe there was some influence. <laughs> some. I didn't say all. Sorry. Well, I think it's a pretty bias, too. I really do. I think for guys, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I what think for guys, a little bit of a pretty, pretty bias. Let's well, get, I mean, people, some people still think he's cute. I mean, he, he lost me a long time ago, but some people <laughs> still think Leo's as, cute. As soon as 
Jack fell in that water. <laughs> Listen. Rose lost him. We lost him too. Okay. No, nah, I mean, I don't even still give him to like catch me if you can era and stuff. He was still a cutie. He was Bay in the man in the iron mask. That was. And I'm sorry, I'm tripping. I would have even still been with Leo on um the aviator. Not the aviator. Uh Great Gatsby. He was beautiful. Oh! Yeah. In the Great Gatsby. Yeah. He was the think I think Leo is like a Johnny to where if they need to clean up, they'll clean up. You know what I mean? Ooh, Johnny's murky waters. Too. Johnny is murky waters. He's too eccentric for me. He always has been. True. That's yes. what it is with him. Like, crybaby era before I knew who that man was. Sure. <laughs> but he's so, he comes across as so eccentric to me. I'm like, yeah. I don't. I don't know what would happen if I go to a room alone with you. So I'm, I'm good. Well, I'm so off base, but Kate Winslet recently for her Vogue outfits and review, uh, she talked about a diamond necklace that she had around her neck and that she got it from Johnny and he gave it to her out of his butt crack. What? Kate Winslet? I'm sorry, Kate Moss. Sorry. Okay, I'm like Kate Winslet. Why? <laughs> That's so crazy. That's what I get. That's what I get for talking too fast. Yes, my mouth is moving faster than my brain. Kate Moss, you know, '90s model it girl. How strange. Uh, so, how long did he have it up there? I wonder. So strange. It's like who who thinks that's a great place to keep a gift. <laughs> Man. Again, okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Quick headlines. Here we go. The VMAs was this weekend, Ashley. I am looking at USA Today. It says brutally honest reviews of every MTV VMAs performance, including Nicki Minaj and Lizzo. So basically, in this article, it highlights all of the performances because let's keep it real. VMAs are notorious for the moment, and usually that's surrounded by performances, i.e. iconic Madonna voguing in Versailles, Beyonce's bump, let's not forget Britney Spears and that freaking snake. So during this awards, there were a lot of international acts, I have to say, and the Video Vanguard Award went to Nicki Minaj. As I mentioned, a lot of performances from everyone from Eminem to Snoop Dogg, Kane Brown, Blackpink. Mind you, one of my favorite tweets that were going around saying the only Blackpink I acknowledge is Pink in her first era. There you go. Look it. Pits yeah. Folk. Just because I let you go. Had she was with Aristotle. Yes. When she was. <laughs> taking notes from L.A. Reid. J Balvin performed, Bad Bunny performed. Everybody made a big deal about him kissing both his male and female dancers. Lizzo performed by herself. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, and she did a pretty good job. And uh, okay, Nicki Minaj with the Van Go- Vanguard Award and Jack Harlow bringing out Fergie, Fergalicious for his performance of first class and glamorous ashley did you watch no ma'am 
I didn't even know these awards were happening. <laughs> I, I only found out because of I was scrolling on the Instagram and saw, I think it was Taylor Swift or somebody. I was like, oh, had no idea. That was tonight. There was a time when the VMAs were appointment television for me. I think that time has come and gone. So I caught some of the headlines. Girl. I saw some, you know, you know, the Lizzo speech, a little bit of the Nikki speech. Shout out to the homage to Whitney Houston. Uh, you know, I caught I caught things here and there. Taylor announcing her new album, Big Whoop. Yes. Yep. It's beyond me now. It doesn't excite me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. And some of the awards, as you mentioned, Taylor was there. You know, she's an OG now. You remember when she got her first one? When she used to look like a, used to look like a lamb, uh, a deer in headlights, or a lamb being led to slaughter with this wide eyed bushy tail look every time she got on stage. Yes, I remember that yes. era of Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Uh, she won Video of the Year all too well. The ten minute version, which is quite good. Uh, Artist of the Year, Bad Bunny, Song of the Year, Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever, New Artist, Dove Cameron, who is Disney royalty. And yeah, a lot of hype around uh, BTS, Blackpink, like I mentioned, Bad Bunny. So you can definitely see that it's a little bit more inclusive in terms of all the different acts. Were you surprised that Chloe Bailey didn't perform? I thought she would have at least performed this one. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on if she felt like there was something really important for her to hop on stage for. She looked great um, being in attendance, but maybe she just felt like, well, I'm in between singles. I'm not ready to do anything else just yet. So I'm gonna sit this one out. Maybe BET Awards. <laughs> Right. To your point, Ashley, I did not watch it. I knew it was happening because I saw a part of the red carpet because Little Nas X showed up in a black version of what the Grady Mon wore at uh, this year's Matt Gala. But even though you and I did not watch, it is up by 1% uh, looking at Variety at their ratings than last year. So I guess it's not taken as bad as everybody anticipated, but let's keep it real. It is a shadow of what it used to be, in my personal opinion. It has nothing to do with uh, us aging out of it. It has everything to do with like what it meant at the time that we grew up with this particular award. Let's move on to, as I mentioned, one of the most iconic performances for VMAs, Britney Spears. She released a 22-minute voice memo talking about life during her conservatorship. This is pretty intense, Ashley. She talked about how she was given all types of offers to tell her story, and she didn't want to do it because she didn't want to do it for the money. Uh, and so she decided to put up a freaking audio recording like, like you and I, just talking freeform here. Um, she goes in pretty hard on her family, particularly her mother. She talked about how she felt like she was just taken advantage of. She was 25 years old. She felt like she was super young. She also mentioned having to go to AA, but she wasn't an alcoholic. 
and she felt like all that what happened to her was premeditated so yeah did you did you hear this recording Ashley no I did not get a chance to hear it before it was deleted but I had I saw the clips that were posted um by the shade room on Instagram and then I read about it a little bit in an article I can't remember by which publication um wasn't anything new that I heard or saw in terms of revelations but I guess one thing that I'd one of the reasons I understand her point of wanting to, you know, frame the narrative as she sees fit, but one of the reasons why I would actually love for her to do a sit down interview with like an Oprah or something, because just I I need structure a little bit in terms of hearing her story, understanding yes. it. And then I feel like yes. there are things that are going to be pulled out of you that you're you may not just freely think about or come up with when you're just talking exactly. on your own, right? Like Oprah's gonna ask you a question that is gonna cause you to cry, cause you to reevaluate, cause you to, you know, think some the things most through. Iconic question of all time is were you silent or were you silenced? Sis, this is why she's mother O. I agree. I didn't think there was anything in particular that was alarming, that was new outside of her being like every black girl in America. America that deconditions her hair under her wigs I was very surprised by that <laughs> what she said that she talked about how she was forced to perform in Vegas how she didn't give her all and she genuinely didn't care and she's like if you look close enough I was wearing my wig and underneath my wig I was deconditioning my hair <laughs> interesting very uh yeah I mean we from what I saw over the years you could tell that she was not all the way there a lot of times when she was on stage so I definitely understood that but again I would love to hear some type of a sit-down interview with somebody so maybe she'll rethink that at some point like come out with a book and then do an interview but I can say her relationship with her mother does make me really sad I don't know if that's strange to say, given I don't really know much about her mother, but it just it just feels like I could understand the sentiment against her father because he was the one who literally had the conservatorship. But it's like I didn't used to ever hear anything about her mom. So now it's but like it my mother like enabling behavior. No, though, so I, get I get it. it. Exactly. So it's like why. now it's like mama, <laughs> guess what? You ain't shit either. And you honestly ain't shit even more so than dad so like it make it makes me sad like to think that the whole like the she has she's beefing with everybody there's nobody that she feels like was ever in her corner they really did still years of her life and she was the one performing and living paying for their lifestyle like that is insane she said that she didn't get a chance to live or benefit from the fruits of her freaking labor so yeah and the last thing I wanted to say is I agree her this video recording was a little bit all over the place and to your point a trained interviewer would be able to you know ask follow-up questions and get to the heart of the conversation but 
I also understand why she didn't want to take the money because literally everything about her life at this point has been about money. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's like, just F all of that. Like, I would rather do everything for free moving forward. So, um, which is so, so heartbreaking to like see this family completely broken apart because of greed. So again, super excited that she is free. And I pray for her continued healing because this is this is rough, Ashley. Those fans must feel so good every time because they really did go to bat for her for years. They really did. They really did. Our final quick headline today comes from Yahoo Entertainment. Chris Rock blasted over disgusting joke, making light of Nicole Brown Simpson's murder. Well, apparently Chris Rock in an interview stated that he was asked to host the 2023 Oscar. So he basically said that he rejected the offer for him to host. And he was like, well, it'll be like Nicole Brown Simpson going back to the restaurant, which is a very pivotal point in the 1994 murder case against oj simpson twitter was not having it actually it was kind of funny i'm not gonna lie (laughs) they were like uh and we see why i will smith slapped you the first time bad cruel humor but actually were you surprised that he would go this far and then do you feel like he's losing his cachet in this particular argument uh that's a good question he might be with some people who were strongly on his side in terms of the whole slap situation but chris rock is still chris rock like i don't know what people expected to me he's always had a more extreme edgier humor like he's one of the ogs of that era steel of you know getting your jokes off regardless. And I don't think that's going to change just after this one incident. So if y'all expected suddenly he was going to be a different person or a different type of comedian, I just saw him uh, when he came to Orlando. He's still the same. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just felt like this was extreme. And we just had the conversation not too long ago about him and the definition of what really is a victim you know what I mean yeah he said that himself exactly like he technically is not a victim quote unquote Mm -hmm. compare yourself to someone who was murdered however many years ago gross gross it's definitely a tasteless joke definitely so had to bring that up because as you know that slab gate is the hot topic that just won't won't go away apparently (laughs) I wonder how many white women deleted the tweets they put out there right after the slap. <laughs> he ain't on y'all side. He ain't on y'all side. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's go into our hot topics. The Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, in a new article with The Cut. We get a chance to have a sit down with her which is pretty major considering outside of the Oprah interview we hadn't really heard from her since uh she talked about her living in 
her California home with her husband and two children. Uh, it talks about essentially the rollout of Archville Productions, where she and her husband, Prince Harry, work together on their mini deals. So they have deals with Netflix and Spotify and other endeavors. Also in this article, uh, they talk about her brand new podcast, Archetypes. Ashley, did you see this article? Was it was it interesting to you? Did you have any particular takeaways? I read it and I guess I was trying to gauge a little bit from the writer whether they thought she was full of shit or not. I felt that way too, Ashley. And I'm glad that you said that because I was like, am I feeling shade here? Like a little bit. It was not as welcoming because we've had, we've read several profiles so far. We read Serena. We've talked about the one with Beyonce, all very, you could tell that the interviewer was extremely excited and honestly privileged to be in their presence right um in the Beyonce article the uh editor-in-chief sat down with Beyonce during Sunday dinner and Mm -hmm. listened to her music and just talked about how excited he was for her new music in the Vogue article with Serena I think it's told by Serena so obviously she had more control over it but still she also has a great relationship with Anna Wintour that too this it was like they were sizing her up <laughs> one of the statements in the article was as if she has a bachelor producer in her head telling her what to say so you definitely got the sense a few times that she feels like Meghan Markle's a little bit full of shit what I found to be interesting too is they talked about how grand her house was and how and and this is a narrative that's um, been on Meghan Markle since her her ascension to the royal family that she's somehow some social climber. But one of the biggest stories is that Tyler Perry helped out Prince Harry and Meghan once they dis- once they stepped down with security and a home. And we find out in this article that they didn't even know. Tyler Perry that was fascinating that was fascinating and he also gifted them some big grand piano that's in their home as well I'm sure they've met since then but and we have also spoken to Tyler Perry's generosity you know through the years as well everything from um Whitney Houston after her passing to there was another event that oh paying Cicely Tyson a million dollars for a you know less than a day's work because that's how much he wanted to take care of her Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that you said that Ashley Uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit part of this whole article is to promote the number one Spotify podcast (laughs) in the entire world beating out freaking Joe Rogan archetypes it now has two episodes the first one talks about archetypes in ambition and the second one diva uh let's talk about the one with diva first with mariah carey have you listened to any of them so far i've listened to the first episode with serena i have not gotten a chance to listen to the mariah episode yet 
So the one with the Mariah was very interesting because we are talking about two biracial women talking to one another and how Meghan Markle revered Mariah. It, she was a, a form of representation for Meghan Markle. Hmm. It, it was fascinating because they also talked about hair and somehow pink lotion came into discussion. So I was like, <laughs> what? What? Meghan Markle knows about pink lotion. But I mean, come Black on. Mama. Black mama. Black exactly. <laughs> exactly. But let's go ahead and talk about the first episode with Ambition, where she sat down with her friend, the GOAT, Serena Williams. I thought it was an excellent discussion on um, women in society. I have seen some outlets that kind of talked bad about it, like, oh, well, you know, women don't have that type of pressure. They only have that pressure when they're at, you know, the stratosphere of Meghan Markle and Serena Williams. But I, I, I agreed on their conversation on like the pressures that women are faced. Everyday women are faced with Absolutely. when it comes to um, wanting more for themselves for the career and or family or, or however that is, you know, mixed in together. Absolutely. They were spot on with the conversation for sure. And even the idea that you get less ambitious, less vocal as you get older because society tries to beat it out of you. Society tries to put you in your place when you're a woman. They invalidate your thoughts and ideas. They invalidate your desires um, to speak up because it's like, you know, well, there are reasons why you shouldn't. Your ideas aren't as important. Oh, you have to go out on maternity leave you're no longer as valuable to us as an organization. You know, they were spot on. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the success of this particular podcast because I, I need Joe to be dethroned, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Joe's going to stay uh, out of that number one spot for very long. But I will say my favorite part of just diving into art types, for one, production is beautiful gorgeous right their voices just was like music i was like my god this audio quality is insane rich (laughs) rich it's so funny i was just having a conversation about benchmarking and somebody was like well they have a lot of money i mean that's the whole point of benchmarking so you know what you can aspire to oh absolutely tell you it was beautiful. It was luscious. Like I was like, I almost don't want this to end. Your voice is like a melody right now in my in my ears. I'm but like, then- I'm, am I gonna have to drink lemon and honey before a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're we work we we will continue only to get better. Okay. Period. Listen, budget or not. Um, and the second thing was I love the nugget just to start with her little 11 year old self writing letters for this commercial like I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to tune in is because I do want to know more about Megan as a person Mm -hmm. and not this character or caricature that I feel like she is seen as a little bit because of everything that's kind of happened I want to know more about who she is as a human being so I I I found nuggets about her to be the most fascinating because I get nuggets about Serena all the time you know what I mean all the time and one of the takeaways with her interview with Mariah that I absolutely adored is a quote that said my faith is greater than my fear and I was like whoo okay let me write that one down 
I wonder what she would have done if she hadn't married Prince Harry. Like, was it inevitable that Meghan Markle was going to move into a different lane of her life and no longer be an actress as we knew her in like suits and stuff? Because it seems like she had so many more like aspirations or and things interest. she wanted to get her hands in. So yeah. it just makes me curious. Like, I know obviously that gave you a very powerful platform, but would she have still kind of gotten there anyway, one way or another I mean, by endeavoring speak- into some other things? she as an actress she had already done some humanitarian work and spoke at a freaking UN conference so I think she she actually wanted to be I guess a diplomat or something like that but it didn't work out and so she was from LA and like let me do the the town's business and acting so I thought that was an interesting pivot but yeah that was more shade in that article by the way they were like yeah she's a fine actress (laughs) like y'all are you are shady I I thought it was just me because I was like, what are we doing here? And did she approve this? Is she allowed to like? There was definitely tone. There was definitely a tone. Surprisingly too, because at some point in that article, the writer talks about how she started to feel protective that there was the possibility of a negative spin being placed on her article because there's so many eyes on Megan. And I'm like, well, you didn't really do a good job protecting her in my opinion, if that was the case, but. Agreed agreed because it it made it made it come off as a very you know like indulgent house that's big and beautiful and wide and full of acres and all that and I'm like well he is a prince so and that it could be that writer style like I can't remember who the writer was maybe that's just kind of the voice that they like to use being a little bit more like flippant or something because they do end the writer does end saying something along the lines of like I left get with the feeling that maybe I didn't like really get what she was saying all along something like that so maybe that's the style that that writer chooses but I'd be curious how Megan felt when she read it exactly and what are your thoughts on her pictures for that cover story. oh she was beautiful the fresh face minimal makeup freckles yes yes goddess hair, she was luminous hair pulled back the dress was very reminiscent of michelle obama in her portrait it was giving me those vibes and to your point it gave me also ballerina vibes very clean very mm-hmm. you yeah. know to see that. um long limbs especially for like the legs in some of the pictures and yeah, it was good to see her. I'm surprised it wasn't Vogue, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> her friend Serena took that spot, which is our second and final hot topic of today. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Serena is playing right now as we speak. Her second round. I know, man. Serena Williams, the GOAT. Let me check the score. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. In a packed... Arthur Ashe Stadium in her final major U.S. Open she won Monday night and boy oh boy was that triumphant it was in front of a star-studded audience we had President Clinton sitting next to sex therapist Dr. Ruth which was like sir I need for you to have some self-awareness here Hugh Jackman was there with his wife, Spike Lee, Queen Latifah, Gladys Knight, Gail King, Mike Tyson. But let's talk about Olympia in her beads, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Taking Paying homage. A, taking a picture of her mom in that camera. And when 
ESPN did the side by side with her father from back in 1997 to Olympia today. Tears. I was not okay. Aww. I was not okay because after the match, Gail King did some type of interview thing with her and. I really appreciated how the U.S. Open celebrated her with the We Love Serena. But Gail King also introduced uh, a video narrated by Oprah and tears, tears. I saw Oprah's post too. That's what, that's what, that's what they showed um, after the game and, or after the match. And just to know, like, we had the privilege to be there from the beginning. Yeah. She has performed. She has played at this major in her teens, her 20s, and her 30s. Ashley. I can't imagine what she must be feeling going through as she talked about in the interview with Megan. Just, you know, this is what she's been doing her whole life. She won her one her first Grand Slam when she was graduating high school. Like, who does that? 1998. She, she's going through a very big change. She's going through a pivotal change right now in her life. So I can only imagine as a human being what she must be feeling. But can I tell you how superstitious I am? So I didn't start watching at the start of the match, right? So by the time I started watching the match, she was probably halfway through the first set. And she was up. And then when I started watching it, she double faulted or at least faulted enough to give the, um, to take her away her advantage. And I said, nope, I got to cut this off. I'm the same way. Well, before I started watching. So she's going to continue to do well once I cut this off. That's why I don't want you to tell me the score right now because I I I started watching it and then I saw the score and I walked away and I'm like, I don't need to know what else is going on david was like i've never heard you hoop and holler over a tennis match like this before i was like first of all i have but when it usually comes down to the finals my anxiety is so high i don't say anything (laughs) damn thing i'm on the edge of my freaking seat i would love to check my blood pressure during some (laughs) high stakes sports moments in life (laughs) it has to be through the roof on occasion Yo, the only time I've ever gotten this way, well, it's not only, anytime Dominique Dawes, Simone Biles, Michelle Kwan, when she used to skate, (laughs) I could not breathe. I remember when she fell, when she won the bronze um, that year, when she fell, I realized that that was the first time I breathed because I was holding my breath (laughs) the whole time. Michelle Kahn, love you. Taking it back to Michelle. Y'all don't even know. All right. So you said you only saw a part of the match, but this is such a momentous occasion. Gatorade had Beyonce narrating a commercial for them. ESPN, record-breaking ratings for night one. As it should be. She is a a legendary sports figure who is about to retire. I would expect nothing less. Tiger Woods is in the audience tonight. Currently, currently. Spike Lee there again. Grandma, auntie, Dionne Warwick is there. Anthony Anderson is there. So I am just 
And then what's also quite funny as a as a fan watching is I feel sorry for her opponents because the way the audience is not on their side. But so yeah. I'm glad you said that because in my heart, I feel like they should have made a pact that we're going to lose intentionally <laughs> to let this woman. It. I know she, she wouldn't. wouldn't. Take it. I know she wouldn't, but we ain't got to tell Serena. The point is we gonna lose if if i even think i'm about to win i'ma lose because <laughs> we just that's just not how this is about to go down for her last tournament like no i'm gonna need all of y'all to sprain an ankle do whatever you gotta do it's the it's the details for me ashley the fact that she has her big hair with those diamond sparkles in it which is like a callback again to the iconic beads. It's just too much. And I just feel so privileged to just be alive during this time because it's just so legendary. Like, where were you? I know exactly where I was growing up watching Venus and Serena perform. I remember, I remember when she switched from Puma to Nike. Like, I remember. <laughs> Because she couldn't get, she was the underdog. She was Venus Williams, world number one. One, you know, she had won uh, Wimbledon and all that, which is major. She was Venus Williams' little sister, right? So iconic. I love, love, love all the love that she's getting. I hope that she's able to receive it. Yeah. Process it. Yeah, it's going to take time. I mean, this is... This is all she's ever known her entire life. She's been playing tennis, trying to get to that peak level. She accomplished it. She took her career to heights unimaginable. And it's always tricky, I imagine, as a professional athlete, once you reach that point where it's time to pivot away and you still have so much runway ahead of you. Like I, I'm yes. sure this is a moment that, you know, you wish there was a Kobe around to have offered yes. an ear and some guidance about transitioning to that next phase I of your life. Because, you know, seeing Tiger in the audience mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. She's so, a rare air. So it was interesting, though, she said that she talked to Harry about it, too. And I'm like, so you just called up Prince Harry like, yo, I'm thinking about retiring. What you think? Like oh to be in these inner circles has to be fascinating yes 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 oh and let's not forget the Williams sisters are playing doubles and their record is impeccable like can you imagine there was a time I remember there was a time when one of one of the sisters was number one in the world and the other was number two and they were each other's um practice buddies can you imagine I cannot foresee that happening again, probably in our lifetimes, but it was a hell of a ride, Delora. Absolutely. Hell of a ride. If there's nothing else, Ashley, what are we recapping next week? All right. So I'm bringing it back to one of my previous hidden gems, another Jenny Han vehicle, because we did do the, the To All the Boys I've Loved Before trilogy. To All the Boys I Love Before. So if you have not listened to that <laughs> recap... Please do. But this is The Summer I Turned Pretty. It is on Amazon Prime, seven episodes. 
check it out. Can't wait. All right, guys, that's all we got for you this week, this episode. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend, whatever yes. you may decide to get into. If anybody's barbecuing, call me. <laughs> Bye.